0: The Drum Candy Podcast is brought to you by Drum Factory Direct.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode two of season three of the Drum Candy Podcast. This is your host, Mike Dawson, coming to you from Drum Factory Direct in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This might be the nerdiest episode yet. This week, we are checking out six different maple snare drums. They're all five and a half by 14. They're all made of maple, and three of them have re-rings, three of them don't. One of them has wood hoops and then one of them has a solid shell. The whole point of this was to see if you can really tell a difference or have a preference of a wood shell with reinforcement hoops versus a wood shell without. That was my own kind of quest and I invited my good friend Carter McLean on. So we're gonna kind of blindfold test um, six different demos. I kind of explained the whole concept once we're talking to Carter, so I won't won't belabor it here, but I played just the basic beat, some individual hits, basic beat, um, one tuning is kind of what felt like the drum wanted to be tuned at, and then the second example is each drum was tuned identically to the exact same frequencies. So you can hear them kind of where I think they wanted to be, which is a little bit different for each drum, and then with them all tuned to the exact same sort of medium-high tuning. I'm not really trying to guess, it's more like, what do you like, what do you not like, um, which, which is your kind of personal preference. And then we reveal what they are at the end. So let's just get into it. This is a really fun one. Hope you want to hear some snare drums. Let's uh, check out some Maple Jones with Carter McLean. Nervous. <laughs> <I'm> nervous.
0: <laughs> I am. I'm nervous because it's going to be like, well, what do you hear? And I'm going to say something. And you're going to be like, no, that's 100% <laughs> the opposite of what we got going here. It's okay.
1: Not a quiz. I think a lot, I mean, a lot of these shootouts for me are kind of like, let's go down the rabbit hole and then ultimately decide i mean does it really really matter <laughs> you know that's
0: i'm going to answer now no. <laughs> sure doesn't but it it is fun i mean even though we both know that it's like <clears throat> you you go to some random gigs in the city they're like oh it's a cb700 kit from 1981 that's still here that's cool mm-hmm. yeah but sometimes those are really fun gigs cuz the kit is so bizarre sounding you play stuff you would never normally play on like a quote-unquote perfectly tuned kit you know
1: yeah yeah the one that uh the um pianos was always kind of fun it was like an old slingerland oh yeah yeah and just the, depending on what band was there before you <laughs> this is what you
0: got. you got yeah same thing at rockwood like i, I think they have an old slingerland kit there and i've seen blade play on that exact kit sounds exactly like brian blade i've seen tony mason play on it sounds just like tony i mean it's mm-hmm. It's all in your hands.
1: And there's that Camco kit at New Blue that I think is um, what's his face that plays with Bill Frizzell? Kenny. Yeah, I think it's Kenny's kit. It's been there oh, for cool. forever, and it's the heads haven't been touched in 15 years. I mean, it's exactly the same. It's so weird, but so great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ken, Kenny's one of my favorite drummers, man. He's so under. People are like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "Oh, go look up Kenny Wallace and everybody." It was- I know it's a trip. He's incredible. I used to see him all the time in the city when he was playing with Tony Shear and my old friend Nora Jones at the old living room before Mm. she was Nora Jones. And I was Mm. like, man, who is this guy? And all of a sudden it was like, oh, he plays with Frizzell and he plays with this person and that like Incredible drummer.
1: Did you ever hear that record he made where he's playing on like balloons? The whole record is him playing balloons (laughs) (laughs) like balloon drums he like he like put balloons over cans or something and that's the whole record
0: I wouldn't be surprised he plays with this great singer-songwriter Jesse Harris who I really like
1: okay he wrote
0: like a lot of those Nora hits like that blew up on that record Mm. and he plays with him all the time and always really cool drum sounds from that guy that's so funny, balloons. Yeah, I wish I could find it. <laughs> to, to our point today, it doesn't really matter. You could go get some water balloons and put a mic on them. Yeah. You know? Yep. But so that, let's go down. Let's go down this rabbit hole. Okay. So the whole point of
1: this experiment was, can you know what what does a reinforcement hoop do to a drum sound, specifically a snare drum sound? Because I had theories and I've kind of researched it, but. I never really a beat it and I realized I've got six identical drums pretty much just with some having reinforcement rings and some not. Wow. So they're I've all maple. Even thought
0: about that actually. Really? I've just thought about it as a structural like, oh, so that keeps the drum kind of in shape, especially with like if you're using a much thinner shell. Right.
1: And his, I think historically that's what they were for to keep drums from falling out around. But with today's manufacturing. You don't really need that. Right. So why do some people still put them in there? They look cool. (laughs) They look cool. (laughs) So here is our group. We have, let's see, let's go with the straight shells first. We have a Bucks County prime. They're all five and a half by 14. They're all maple.
0: Oh, you're going to give me the dimensions.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, they're all the same size. They're all five and a half by 14, they're all maple. We have a Bucks County Prime Series, which is eight ply maple, straight shell, no re-rings. That's one drum. Uh, We have another straight shell, which is a Keller shell. It is their Magnum series, which is thicker plies of maple. So it's seven plies of maple. That's the same, same width as a 10 ply maple shell. So thicker plies of maple. I think that's kind of like what the Yamaha's maple custom shell is. Straight shell, no re-rings. That was built out by MCD Percussion down in Philly for me years ago. We have another Keller Ten ply shell that has maple hoops, but it's a straight shell, no re-rings. All the other drums have triple flange hoops on it.
0: Maple hoops.
1: Yeah. So that's a guy. Is the, the company is Guy G A A I. Uses Ten ply Keller shell, and it's got big old thick maple rims on it. That's our straight shells. For our re-ring group, we have another Bucks County. This is their special edition, six-ply maple with four-ply maple re-rings. So it's a 10-ply ultimate at the barren edge. We have a Premier Signia from the 90s.
0: Yes, those
1: are great. Five-ply maple with solid beach re-rings. Oh, uh, I'll be able to hear that a mile away. <laughs> And the last one is a Craviato steam bent single ply with solid maple re rings.
0: I think I'll be able to pick out the solid shell.
1: Oh, uh, don't. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> You're like don't set yourself up for that game. I don't think I could pick them out and I'm the one that recorded them. All right. So what do we got? I'll give you kind of our our demos here. Um I tuned all the drums up identically. At first, like very high, I kind of took the batter head up as high as it would go before it started to choke. They're all identical. And then what I did was I just slowly backed off the tuning until I felt like the drum started to open up. So the first plan example you're going to hear for each drum is where it where the shell started to resonate most. So it's going to be different for each drum. And then the second example, I tuned them all identically to what I would think is like medium high. which is F sharp below A four forty, whatever that is.
0: Look at you. F sharp.
1: Yeah, so here's how nerdy is. I think I remember you tuning the Lion King snare around A. So it's about a third, a minor third below. (laughs) I just take a chromatic tuner and I'm a nerd, dude.
0: (laughs) It is funny though, like out of all of I don't know, I probably have twenty snare drums or something. I could grab any one of them off the shelf and unless they're like tuned really messed up like really really dead or absolutely pegged they usually are like in such a similar range note-wise i think everyone has a, a thing in their ear that's like yep that's where that that sound to me should live
1: yeah it's
0: weird i've found that a, a lot of the times that's what happens
1: yeah i mean i think cuz they're all 14s there's just a spot where that size drum wants to sit um yeah. But it was interesting that where because what I was listening to when playing them was where it it felt like the drum was like opening up. It was like something about the air was what I was noticing.
0: Did you find that it was different for drum?
1: Uh, pretty drastically different. Some stayed, oh. some opened up at a higher tuning than others, and some needed to be
0: quite a bit lower to open up. I think the solid shells probably felt pretty good cranked. <laughs> Just just setting yourself up for failure, maybe I don't saying. know. <laughs> I was just I was just playing this prototype snare I worked on. That's a solid walnut shell with oh, okay. tulip re-rings. Okay, so a softer re-ring, and uh, strictly for looks.
1: The re-rings just for looks.
0: Yeah, they were like, so we'll do walnut re-rings. I was like, no, no, no. we no. <laughs> gonna do a contrasting color, obviously.
1: Um. But no, I think, I I think solid drums have to have re-rings. I think that's the one difference, because that thing will just yeah, flare probably. open eventually. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm excited to hear these. I'm sure yeah. they all sound ridiculously nice, so that's going to be a problem. But
1: Yeah, none of them sound bad. I mean, I did, micing-wise, I mean, you're going to hear a lot of snare drum They're, and a lot of tone. There's, there's four mics on the snare drum. There's two on top, one on bottom, and one on the side. Oh, my God. There's a mono overhead, there's a hi-hat mic, and there's two bass drum mics. That's it. No rooms or anything like that. That's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's six more mics than I use for my whole kit. Right. This is literally the mic I use basically at 95% of the mix.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I mean the mono overhead I have is one of those Mojave tube mics, and it's really amazing. I could just do that.
0: Yeah, it, I mean sure. it's such a rabbit hole. Like I just mic'd up my new big kit with like, you know, Cole's mono overhead, earthworks stereo wide earthworks tom mics on everything an old Unidyne on the snare two kick mics at 414 as a room mic and i pulled it all up and i'm like yeah this sounds cool and then i just went like mono cole's room mic and kick and was like yeah that's better that's better <laughs> i yeah. think there's something about there's so much information that you start to it's not even a phase thing i just think it starts to like it's diminishing returns kind of thing like it almost cancels the other shit out and it makes it just harder to hear like you're in the room, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's different. Everybody, I mean, Matt Chamberlain puts a mic on everything and he sounds pretty good.
1: Yeah. I struggle with overheads like that stereo spread. I just don't like it. I don't dig it. I don't like what it does to the kit, but everybody wants it.
0: You throw one in the garbage and then you just do mono. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Done. I think we use the same bass drum mic, the uh, D12 VR. Thing is killer. That's killer. I got that on the outside.
0: Oh, outside. That's
1: interesting. Yep. So I use the shore Beta 91A inside.
0: <clears throat> okay. Nice.
1: What are the mics I got? 57 on top, a blue hummingbird on top, 57 on bottom, and a new Austrian audio. Uh, I should have written down the model, but it looks kind of like a hockey puck that's aimed at the side of the shell. You'll see in the in the videos when we reveal what the mystery drums are.
0: Do you have like a satin sheet that you lift off. <laughs> Sparkles go everywhere. Ooh, I might have to do that. Next time you got to, that's kind of make it exciting that way.
1: So it's going to be, I mean, it's a lot of drums here, six drums, and it's all identical. I'm playing a measure of, so I do five notes, so quiet up through a rim shot, <laughs> one note per measure. And then I do like two bars of a basic beat. So you've got the, what I felt like was the ideal tuning and then the consistent tuning. So if you're not ideal into this tuning, stuff.
0: Ideal tuning is first that we're going to hear and then you yeah. do the.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you're going to start with where I felt like the drum opened up and then end consistently. They're all tuned identically, even though it might not sound like it. I swear they were tuned identically.
0: Now, do you want me to just tell you what each drum is <clears> as you play it? and just hit the, like a, uh, like a home run <laughs> on these? Or do you want me to just comment like a wine tasting and say, I'm getting hints of mahogany?
1: Yeah, I think just just. Although in this notes. case, it would be, I'm
0: getting hints of maple.
1: Yeah, just, well, yeah, it's all maple. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just want notes. Because here's what, um, I noticed a difference playing it. I don't know if it translates to the microphone. The way that the drum kind of, the envelope kind of, goes like when you hit the initial attack what happens right after that some of them mm-hmm. kind of dipped down some of them kind of stayed even which inspired me to play differently not in these demos but when i was just messing around it was a different different attitude
0: very different yeah one of them will make you want to play like mike clark and the other one will make you play like keltner
1: yeah and then some of them makes you want to play like josh Rees. Oh. Huh? just like a, so, it's just a solid shell. Yeah, just punch. Well, I don't know if it was a solid show. We'll find out.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's listen to these things.
1: Okay. So what I did was I just randomly typed letters on the keyboard for each file. So I have no idea what we're listening to. All
0: right. So are we... (laughs) This is ridiculous. (laughs) D-S-P-G-K-J? Yep. That's what we're going to start with. (laughs) I'm not the eye doctor all of a sudden. All
1: right. So let's listen to this sucker.
0: That's a nice drum. I like the second tuning better. Mm, A little bit lower. Yeah, that's just my preference in general, but really nice overtone. It's got a nice you know, attack. Did you try to set all the snare tensions the same? Because that to me makes a big difference. I did my best,
1: yeah. I mean, they weren't identical. Some had 20, some had um, 16. But what I did with the wires, that took took them up right where they start to choke and then backed it off like a tiny little bit.
2: Okay. So
1: Um, not too loose, not too tight.
0: That's yeah. a nice. I mean, I was like, yeah, you could just take that on any gig and you're d- you're done. Yeah. I mean, sounded
1: pure, very pure to me.
0: Yeah, really nice attack, and then kind of a nice warm overtone. You know, no, no funky, like weird resonance out of it for me. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would leave that in a song. I wouldn't put tape or anything on that, as long as the producer was happy. Yep. Um, yeah, a, and I'm using my in-ears so I can really, really hear what's going on. It sounds awesome.
1: I have a guess on what that is, but I'm not going to say it yet.
0: Yeah, I got to hear all of these things before. I mean, I will say that that's like a beautiful sounding drum.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that could be it. Use that on, you're good to go. You don't need five more drums.
0: <laughs> it's, de- it's, def- it's definitely not a solid shell though. Uh, all right ply. It's a ply drum.
1: I'm going to make a note. Carter says, not no not solid okay (laughs) all right let's go to the next
0: one e-p-t-o-i here we go love that
2: brand Okay.
0: I prefer that one to A. Hmm. Okay. So I think it's a warmer sound.
1: I'm gonna just start numbering these so we can change them as they go. So you're 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 gonna put this at number one for now.
0: Yeah. I guess we'll do one out of six. So yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah, we've only heard two, but that, yep. I I prefer that one. That's a really nice sounding drum. Hints of a solid shell, but I'm not I'm not locking that in. Okay. Okay. I feel like you can really hear it when you play on the very opposite ends of the spectrum, very quiet to the rim shot things, where I feel like you can kind of hear it, mm-hmm. which is weird. You would think it would be in the middle range, but to me, because I have three solid shells, I have a Craviato, um this prototype one, and then oh, and then an old Ludwig that's a solid shell. Mm-hmm. And they all and that one's like from the 40s. And they all have the one from the 40s is a little warmer, maybe just due to the age. But they just have a certain crack to them. That's it's more like uh, clear. It's not as many overtones. But who knows?
1: That's what I noticed. A little bit shorter sustain. It felt like.
0: Yeah, but this drum sounded. I mean, this was really nice sounding. It was like uh, it's just very warm. All right, I have my
1: my guess as well.
0: I I'm, I'm not even going to guess. I mean, I'm I guess it's... <laughs> or I am yeah. curious. Do you use the same head G1s on everything? I was going to say either a UV1 or a G1.
1: Yep. Um, Those
0: are great heads, man. I just started I just I was using the UV1 for a long time and then I just got a set of G1s that I put on a couple different like one kit and a snare and I just kind of do everything really nicely.
1: Yeah, that's my default. I do have a UV one on my gigging snare and I've it's been on there for over a year and it has no signs of wear. Like zero. It can't be good for business.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean at Lion King, you know, it's eight shows a week and the snare drums getting used all the time. I've got a UV one on it. It looks brand new.
1: It's insane. I don't it's, know what happens, it'll just break. I don't know. I never pushed one to the end. <laughs> it'll <laughs> so. never
0: break. It'll just, like you buy one head and you're done. <laughs> Way to go, the Dario. <laughs> their, their tech is high level stuff, man. What's your what's your kickhead of choice? Uh, for like the open kind of soul jazz thing, I go with um, usually a UV one on the batter and a, a calf tone on the front. Mm-hmm. Or I'll do two calf tones.
1: Okay, I haven't messed Cause with then, those
0: yet. Because then, when you have it kind of tuned up and there's nothing in it. Those kind of really high zingy overtones are kind of out a little bit more with those, mm. you know. And then if I'm going straight like bebop kit, they actually custom made me a couple 18 inch Strata 1000 bass drum on heads. They got to make those, those. Those are really dope. I was like, those should just be in the catalog. Yeah, they, they sound gotta make amazing. Those. And those are like my default bebop kind of heads for toms. I just, they they sound great. They have a really nice articulation, beautiful sound. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about (laughs) ERKJ.com.
1: All right. Drum number three, ERKJ. Hopefully everyone is confused by now and taking notes. Here we go. Number three.
0: Right. Shorter Thoughts? shorter sustain, a little sharper. I'm going to say that was a solid shell drum.
1: All right. I'm putting it all caps, solid shell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to lock that in. Uh,
1: what I noticed, and I'm not going to say which type of drum gave me this response the most, was if the pitch dips afterwards. Mm -hmm. That was a consistent kind of quality I noticed with one type of drum over the other. Where where it was re-rings versus no re-rings.
0: Or you mean this solid shell drum we just listened to? Uh,
1: I ain't saying what the shell is. I'm saying I think I know if it has re-rings or not.
0: Oh, that (laughs) changes. You're saying that's what adds Yeah, that pitch
1: dip I noticed was one type of shell had that more than the other. Oh. Because they were tuned identically, I I promise you. There was no difference. So I have a guess for this one. I'm a little bit unfair because I was the one who made the demos, but I think I know which one that is.
0: All right, let's move on. You're giving, you're giving me no read as <laughs> good poker player, I bet. That's okay. Except for I don't care about gambling. O-U-E-R? Ur. Ur.
1: So this is yeah. number four for those of you playing at home.
0: Still, my favorite is number two so far.
1: I would say the same. I'm going to get, make that in there. So, would this be your third or second?
0: Uh, the one we just heard? Yep. I prefer that one to the first one. So, so. right now, for me, it's uh, the second. It's Number my two. first choice. Yep. Third is second choice, and first is last choice. If that's not confusing for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> What's
1: well, going to be amazing is well, if you prefer all like one type of shell, it's going to be. Then it'll be, it we'll does see. matter.
0: So far, that second <clears throat> one to me has stood out, but we have we're only halfway done. So let's go to Uer.
1: Uer, here we go.
2: All right.
0: I'm going to say that has no re-rings and it's the thinnest shell.
1: Okay. No rings, thinnest shell.
0: I think. It's a very pure note.
1: So I think that would make that for you the Bucks County Prime Series. Because the other thin no ring has wood hoops. Would you guess that has wood hoops?
0: I don't think that has hoops. No hoops at all?
1: What do, I mean, like, rims. Oh, <laughs>
0: I think you're just rim-shouting ahead. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, right. There's one with wood hoops. Yeah, that's an oddball in there. That could be that second one, because that had a real warm... Let me listen to that real quick. That might be that second one. I forgot about that other option. But right, possible go. wood hoops on number two. Okay. For all those listeners uh, tuning in, the brand is (laughs) E-P-T-O-I. Eptoy. (laughs) Beautiful company out of Taiwan.
1: Um, All right. So where would you put this number four?
0: I I would move that into my second favorite. So now it would be uh, number one I still like as the second one. Uh Then the fourth would be my second choice. Then the third would be my third choice. And then the first one would be my fourth choice.
1: It's interesting that you you keep moving that first one down because the first thing you said was, that's a drum you could use on anything.
0: It is, but I mean, most maple drums, you can just, yeah, there's just like a warmth. I mean, here, I'm just going to go back and listen to it for two seconds and look.
1: Forks Drum Closet, Nashville's full line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instrument, Forks has something for every drummer. They also offer professional rental, repair, and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street in Nashville, Tennessee, or call 615-383-8343, or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com.
0: Yeah, there's a little bit of a, it's it's like a cr- crispy high end on that, um, which is fine. It probably sound great behind a rock band or funk band, but like, it's not as warm I like as you know like very kind of rattly warm
2: mm-hmm. kind
0: of oddly weirdly tuned snares like lower medium to lower tuning like when I when I crank like my Acrylite or something I kind of don't know what to do with it at that point it's just like mm-hmm. pop alright that's kind of it you know it sounds great for that but it's not as uh, exciting to play when it's that cranked for me it also mm-hmm. just feels like you're playing on a marble countertop which doesn't feel great
1: Yeah, I struggle with that. The bebop tuning that most people use, I can't. I feel like I feel like my shoulders have to go up. I'm like, what is this? I can't do this.
0: Yeah, and the drums really do choke out when they're that crank. It's just like it just sounds like you're like choking somebody. It's (laughs) it's like, man, the drums should breathe a little bit. Let them like bring them down an octave at least, right? I mean, but look, Bill Stewart sounds fucking great and he cranks his toms.
1: Yeah, and his snare wires are so tight. I didn't realize that until he played MD Fest when I got to go like hit his drums. The wires were like so tight. It was unbelievable. Like way beyond choking.
0: (laughs) Oh wow. So like (laughs) super like well, he's such an articulate player, it makes sense for how he You know, and that's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, what? How do you tune this? I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. It's like tuned to how you like to play and what works for your playing. If I sat on Bill's kit, I would sound like doo doo.
1: Yeah, likewise. I'd be
0: like, well, that's not how I hear these, but I love hearing him, you know, play them.
1: So I got to uh, sound check Tane's kit when he played the festival. Oh, wow. And that was like sitting on a comfy couch. It was like everything about it was just exactly what I wanted the drums to sound like. It was so Yeah, nice.
0: he's always had a beautiful, consistent sound.
1: Yeah, unbelievable.
0: Always. Same with Blade. I mean, those two guys, it's funny you brought up Tane. Those two guys, I, I probably enjoy the sound of their kits more than most, really.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: it's up, it's like a note that's like singing, but it's like really where the drum wants to live, and it's like very
2: open. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and not too attack, not too much zang and attack, and not too many annoying overtones. It's just really warm. Yeah. But musical.
1: The other side of it drives me nuts too, when it's too too clean and too like precise, where I feel like you hit the drum and it's like a, you're hitting a, a keyboard tom note.
0: Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> why uh, there was a previous drum company I'm not going to name names. Like a long, long time ago when I was a kid, when I was like in high school, that I worked with. And they're beautiful drums. They're like incredible, beautifully made drums. But every time I would hit a tom, it was like, do. I'm like, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to go, D. That's it. I don't need an opera singer every time I hit a tom. It's just like, Jesus. But.
1: All right, so we are at Sosoi is the next one. S-O-S-O-I-S, Sosoi. We are at the last two drums here. This is number five. Ooh.
0: I think that that might have just moved into first place for me.
1: All right. You know what? I think that might be the solid show. That's my guess.
0: <laughs> Man, why are you blowing up my guess like that? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Drum. That's a great drum. It's a little brighter than the second one, which was my first choice. Uh, but it's got like a really, really nice thing the way you... I really liked how it was tuned the first, the lower tuning. Uh, That was like right off of a record. That sounded great.
1: All right. I'm going to leave it at that. That's your number one. I noticed what I noticed. A little bit shorter note, pretty wide frequency range. It did have some of that dip, which
0: makes me think it has re-rings. Very subtly, though. I've been listening for that. It's like very subtle dip.
1: Yeah. I was going to go so nerdy as to show the the waveform on the screen so you can see what it does, but I think we're going nerdy enough. We're not going
0: to go that far. Dude, let's get the microscope out. Wow. <laughs> uh, that That's a great job. Ju- I mean, look, all of these drums sound great. Like,
1: Yeah, there's no duds in
0: here. You put a bass player and a singer on top of this, and it's like all of that stuff is kind of gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, cool. Sounds like a nice crack. And A lot of it just comes down to how you're hitting the drums. You know what I mean? Like if you're hitting a dead center hit that's not a rim shot, and then the next one is a half of an inch to the right, it's going to sound different. Mm -hmm. That to me is going to be more of a variable than anything, really. You know, I mean.
1: Oh, I didn't. I didn't say that in the the groove part. It's it's a measure of rim shots and a measure of no rim shots. That's how it's.
0: Yeah, that's what I was listening for. Yeah, but rim shots always win for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, we got one more, man
0: v k n v
1: v k n v is the last drum it's going to be the solid show <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs>
0: think it's still I think I for me it's kind of like I have two that I feel that are different which I'll be very curious it'll probably be like the solid shell and then the finished shell it would be like something that doesn't make any sense
1: <laughs> I hope so
0: um
1: would you put that somewhere in the middle was it your least favorite
0: I think my favorite is uh the SOS drum mm-hmm. and then my second favorite is number two and then the rest of them all like sound nice but they're to me, I'm here. I lean towards warmer drums, like a thin six six lug old Pioneer made out of whatever mahogany. I think those were made out of. Sound mm-hmm. amazing to me. Like that drum right there. Those just sound awesome. Mm-hmm. Any way you tune them, they're like, yeah, that sounds really nice. Um, also, I think every drum company should bring back an option to have a six lug snare.
1: I agree. I've, it's I've so got, silly. They're so it's fun. So silly.
0: Yeah. They feel great you don't really ever need to tune a drum beyond like you can get them pretty cranked. And if you need to go the extra nth degree, great. Go get your 10 lug snare with die cast hoops and have a field day. But yeah. like just having that option, I feel like is I'm going to try to push Ludwig. So they do that. <laughs> you hear that Ludwig? We've we do. About it.
1: We do sell six lug uh, hoops at DFT.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be so. calling you about that. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's my choices. Those, the. Uh, Number two and number five. Number right. five is my favorite, the SOS drum. The, the help me, I sound so good, rescue me.
1: Okay, so what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna share my screen and we're gonna look at all these videos. Oh
0: no, oh no.
1: All right, so for your first pick is which one, SOS?
0: SOS. All right. That was the warmest drum to me.
1: Here we go, I am surprised. I didn't know it was gonna be this drum. It is an 8-ply straight shell maple. It's this guy. So that's a straight shell, 8-ply maple.
0: Is that thin or is it it roughly the same shell thickness?
1: It's roughly the same thickness.
0: Okay. So just no re-rings. Okay. No
1: re-rings. There you go. Bucks County wins. What was your number two?
0: E-P-T-O-I. Eptoy.
1: Eptoy. Wow, this is not what I thought it was going to be either. Wow, dude, check this out. This is the Keller straight shell magnum 7 straight ply.
0: Shells. Stra- <laughs> straight shell. Just straight straight just, they got it right. Just don't play around with it.
1: That is a great drum. All right, I got to yeah, look at my just, notes here.
0: Is that a 10 lug?
1: That's a 10 lug. 7 ply thick old 7 ply. So, SOS.
0: I usually don't like 10... What do I know?
1: I Actually, I got the SOS correct. I guessed it was going to be that Prime Series. Uh-huh. And this is the... what? What is this one again? Eptoy?
0: Yeah. The MCD.
1: Yeah. You had said maybe the solid or wood hoop drum. Nope, quite the opposite.
0: Yeah, couldn't be more wrong. Straight shell. 10 locks. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually... It's a plastic drum with... Uh, <laughs> with an Evans hydraulic head on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, well,
1: cool. what, was your, what was your number three? Let's I see.
0: I don't remember.
1: I marked it. I've got... I think
0: was number...
1: It would have been Uwer. Ah. We still
0: it. haven't found the solid shell yet. I'm still not wrong by that.
1: So, right? your pick number three is the Craviato. Oh, look at that 1998, Graviato, early.
0: Is that your drum?
1: Yeah, it was one that was given to Modern Drummer for like a 20th anniversary or something. And then Johnny at Nam last time I saw him, he said, take that drum home and play it.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So it's on permanent loan in my studio. (laughs) What a
0: gift. That (laughs) is a gorgeous drum.
1: So that is, what was it again? It's...
0: So, yeah, I called it. That was the solid shell that I called, right?
1: Uh, No, you said this was going to be the one that had no re-rings and the thinnest shell.
0: (laughs) Folks, this is why I don't build drums. I just play them.
1: I think it probably has the thickest shell and it has re-rings.
0: That was which one?
1: Ur.
2: Get out of here. Yep. Hold on.
0: That first tuning does sound great though on that. Yeah, I mean again, I think that again, was my third favorite. Yep. It's interesting because they are all maple, so it's like, have you done that game like all five inch drums like walnut, mahogany? You've done that game.
1: Yep. Yeah, we had we had suitcase. birch, birch, oak, oak, ash, maple, cherry, and
0: walnut. Did anybody guess any of those correctly?
1: It was pretty. I didn't do a guessing game with that one. It was just more of a comparison. It was like the walnut and the oak and ash were the three that were like so very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like they all. When I think when it's one manufacturer making them all, there's like they there's tweaks that are made to like the edges or something that kind of get them all kind of in the same world.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it was interesting. I have to revisit that and maybe do a yeah, blind
0: test. That snare you got, that's Johnny's, Is that's ridiculous, dude. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Have you ever seen the walnut one he gave me? Not in person. Similar. Here, hold on. let me just shake. So this is like old school with the old badge. Yeah. Probably about the same era as the one I have here. Yeah. And then solid. This is 2000 i guess it's right when i moved to new york and solid walnut re-rings and i toured with Amazing. this drum for a long time and i didn't even order it dude i met him at nam he had just started working with dw like the year before i think i was still with dw then and I, he had like a walnut one an oak one and I, I came over to this exact drum and was like playing some rolls on it and he came over and was like man you sound really great on that drum, and I said, "Oh, thanks, man." I didn't know who he was. He's like, "Oh, I build these," and I'm like, "Oh, shit." <laughs> and so he got my address from somebody at DW, and like six months later, my mom called and was like, "Hey, there's some drum at the house for you from Johnny Craviatzi. I was Whoa. like, "Whoa!" I was like, "That's not his name," but I know. Name. <laughs> uh, Yahtzee, Johnny Kraviyatsi. I was like, nope, and I was like, how big is the box? And she's like, oh, it's like I don't know, like a f- two feet by two. And I was like, can you open it? <laughs> she opens it. She's like, oh my god, there's this beautiful drum in here. And I was just like, I go, is there a bill? <laughs> and she was like, no, there's a uh, uh, there's nothing in here. It's just a drum. And I'm like, so I called him, and I was just like, hey, dude, I can't uh, like you know, it's like a twelve hundred dollar drum back then. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I can't afford this drum. Like, I don't know if you misunderstood or something, but I really, I got to send this back. And he's like, oh, no, 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 man, it's a gift from me to you. Like, I, I thought you sounded great on it. I just thought you should have one. And I was like, unbelievable! what a sweetheart of a guy. <laughs> unbelievable. So I'll never, that drum will be probably buried with me. Rightfully so. Yeah. Super cool. We both got a cool gift from Johnny.
1: I know. He's a, He was, I mean, he didn't know me from Adam either, but I, I saw him at the Nam show and I was like, man, we have this. This drum you built back for the twentieth anniversary, just in a display case. He grabbed me by the shoulder. He said, "Mike, take that drum home and f and play it."
0: <laughs> I was like, so "Yes, general. sir." <laughs> I mean, dude, he played with like Neil Young, right? Yeah, you know, he was out playing. He was super tight with Keltner. Um, I think I even gave his wife and daughter a tour of Lion King once. They came to the city and I hooked them up and like showed them around backstage. And What a, sweet, a sweetheart of a guy, man. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we've got three more. Pull that drum out and play it. Okay, so I've been uh, literally 100% wrong on everything so far.
1: Yes, yeah, so me too. I mean, let's see the first one.
0: Just goes to show you folks, you don't really know what you know. <laughs> Trust so your you don't ears. Know anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the fourth one is our E R K J. Uh, let me share my screen. So this is.
0: Did I guess a wood hoop drum? Did I put a guess down for that?
1: You didn't. Ugh. I think the last one was the wood hoop drum. The V K N V.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Um, this one is so you had said shorter, sustained, sharper. You had guessed the solid shell. This is actually a six ply with six ply maple re rings
0: by Bucks County. So, almost solid. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly just plies of wood. Yeah, pretty much 100% plies yeah, of wood. Just all plies, not one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that probably to me, to my ear, a solid shell has a little more bite to it. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. Now I'm going to have to dust off the Craviato and play it today.
1: Yeah, which one was the craviato? That was the one you thought had the thinnest shell.
0: That was my third favorite.
1: Yeah, yeah. You thought that was a thin shell with no rings, and it's which a is thick,
0: crazy. And it's it a thick could shell. Could <laughs> Like this is actually a bell brass with diecast tubes. <laughs> yeah, nice yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All
1: right, number five, which was your least favorite throughout. I mean, that's kind of unfair to the drum. It was the one I you mean, said- I mean, not to was, say
0: it's my least, but they all like sounded great. There was no bad drum, it's just preference.
1: Yeah, this was the one that you said could be used for anything, but you wouldn't necessarily prefer it.
0: Oh, this oh, was okay. number one.
1: Yep. Look at this, I was way wrong. This is the wood hoop drum. Oh, Unbelievable. wow. Unbelievable. That is a crazy drum. Who makes yeah.
2: that? G-
1: Guy. Guy G A A I. He used to work for Pork Pie and then went out on his own. So all those—that's actually hand-cut veneers.
2: Oh my it's god! It's pretty
1: insane on the hoops and on the shell.
0: Jeez, that's all pretty lot of
1: nuts. Work. Yeah, yeah. But that's a ten-ply thin Keller shell with wood hoops.
0: I mean, that's tough too. Because right out of the gate, I would have not guessed that, that was a wood hoop drum. No way.
1: Me and those either. are
0: thick, like those are like the old school Yamaha ones that are really yeah big.
1: I thought that was the thick Magnum,
0: seven ply. What do we know, man? Absolutely nothing. You Can do some paradiddles. <laughs> you can tune the hell out of a drum, though. That's for sure.
1: So that leaves the last one, which I never would have thought it was going to be. My uh, first pro drum, an old Premier Signia.
0: Oh, I love those. They're so ridiculous. Those lugs are ridiculous. I forgot how big those are.
1: Yeah, and the gold is all pitted. So that's a five-plus show with beach, solid beach re-rings. Interesting. Interesting. Ten lug. No, they're ten lug. Yeah.
0: Those Not... kits were, I remember, didn't they make a series like that with wooden hoops?
1: Yeah, that was like their anniversary series, 10th anniversary or something like
0: that. Black when with I... black hoops. Yeah, I worked at Nanny's for like, six months with Guy Lacata actually when we both first moved to New York and I remember we had one of those in this shop and we both were like, this kit sounds ridiculous
1: oh, yeah, that was my first pro kit, still have it, I sold the 10 inch Tom to um, Carson up in Canada The uh, oh wow, <laughs> because he has the same kit he just wanted the 10 inch Tom, It's like well
0: oh my god,
1: enjoy have, enjoy, <laughs> so I have 12, 14, 16, 20 with the matching snare,
0: oh 20, that's dope you still have it
1: I still have it. I still have it. Interestingly. I'm still
0: bummed. I sold my first pro kit. It was a. I'm so bummed. I have videos of it and I'm like, ugh. What was it? It was a, it was a Pearl BLX Prestige Series, Birch. Yeah. I just wanted to be Manu. So it was that sheer blue stain, mm-hmm. 10, 12, 13 racks, like power toms. Of course. 16. I had the Pearl Black rack. Of course. Yeah. And I had a noble and coolie black with brass lug that like piccolo kind of Phil Collins snare. Damn, dude. Yeah. And you got I rid of a all lot of, it. of Sold all of it. I mowed so many lawns to pay for that snare drum. <laughs> no doubt. Sold that thing like an idiot. I'm like, oh, it doesn't sound right. I'm like, stupid. That's the one. That's the maximum. All of you guys dude. out there, gals and guys hang on to your first kids. Even if you're like, I'm not going to play it. One day you will dust that off and be so psyched you kept it.
1: Yeah, I sold my, my red Pearl export to the bass player that I was working with right before I moved to college and he turned around and flipped it <laughs> and made like a couple hundred bucks.
2: Oh man! I
1: was
0: like, you son of a, I was going to eventually ask for that back, dude. You're like, this wasn't the game plan, buddy.
1: I mean, within like a day, he's like, I don't like to power toms. He just flipped it. Oh my God. Never play with him again. True yeah. story. That's what you
0: get,
1: buddy. <laughs> well, yeah. did we learn anything today, Carter? We learned that you like straight shells, believe it or not.
0: Uh, Well, that's not surprising. Actually, you know what? Let me look at this drum. There's this drum right here.
1: I mean, you have a classic maple snare. I think that's straight.
0: Yep. That is just a straight. So there's this drum. I actually should show you this because it's kind of funny. This is a funny story real quick. So this drum shell was in... It was just the shell was in the garbage at the Ludwig factory when I was down there to the factory. And I was like, dude, that's a really nice Duco shell. Why is that in the trash? And they're like, oh, there was a paint flaw. I looked through the whole thing. I couldn't find one flaw. I said, can I take it? And they're like, yeah, go for it. So I took it out, bought some lugs for it from them, had some hoops, sandpapered my own bearing edge. I don't know what I was doing. I was just like, I guess it dips down. (laughs) For real? (laughs) Yeah. This is a straight, I think it's their, um, I think it's maple poplar. Okay. I, think. I don't even know. But it's a straight shell, as you can see, just like couldn't mm-hmm. be more standard. Yeah. I also just took a drill and drilled a hole in it, and you can see it's all chipped. <laughs> and nice. I glued that badge is a glued on Alex Van Halen anniversary <laughs> copper badge. Where did you get that? Uh, they gave me a couple of them. They're like, "Oh, check these out! They're kind of a an ant- cool, like, limited thing. We have some laying around." So I just frankenstein that thing together. That drum sounds amazing, uh-huh. and it's just straight, no BS, custom bearing or custom.
1: <laughs> the C Max <laughs> yeah. Special.
0: I'll sell it if anybody wants. It's three grand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the guys at Ludwig's like, dude, don't show that drum.
0: Yeah. Look, that's not a Ludwig drum. That's a custom-made. I ma- I built that drum.
1: That's a freaking
0: but fake. <laughs> it's in, it's, I'm actually gonna compare that and the Craviato solid shell. And I have this other uh, six and a half inch uh, solid from uh, it's a Noble and Cooley shell that I was working on an idea with. Uh, be what is now that I know this?
1: What is the matching one on your your big kit? Oh, this one? Yeah. Uh,
0: that's just a classic maple.
1: I think that's a straight shell, too, then. Yeah,
0: no re-rings. It's a little bit thicker because it's an Exotic Series kit. It's two more plies, so I think it's a nine-ply maple Mm, with just straight shell. They sound sweet. I mean, I'm stoked on that kit. That snare drum also sounds really, really, really great. Just, you know, again, it's like maple, good, good bearing edge, flat, good to go. Learn how to hit a drum, have fun yeah exactly five six seven eight let's go <laughs> five six seven eight
1: <laughs> Spoken like a true musical theater guy <laughs>
0: Man, i just oh it's too bad you're not there anymore dude like i put in a flat screen tv mounted on the wall <sighs> i know i'm
1: jealous i saw us uh, <laughs> pretty sweet carlito sent me a picture i was like come on that ain't cool
0: <laughs> got a couch got a tv got a fridge the the sound department when they mounted the tv was like so when do you just start sleeping here <sighs> I I still like going home, but...
1: Snow days? You never know.
0: Oh, dude, if there was like a big storm or something, I would just close my door, turn the lights off, and go to sleep. I mean, it's like that couch folds out into a bed. (laughs) It's ridiculous. (laughs) But 25 years into it, might as well upgrade, you know? Make it as comfortable as possible.
1: True true that. 25 years in, Jesus, Pete. Congratulations.
0: Thanks. Well, I've been there 21, but still, it's like anything over a couple of years doing that that many nights a week it's just like insane
1: yeah at some point we have to talk about the psychology of that how do you how do you stay sane after (laughs) watching the same movie every day (laughs) yeah you don't
0: people are like do you know all the lines i'm like i know everything i know i know my body knows the spaces between songs like i'll be fully typing an email watching a movie doing something and I don't even know what's going on, but all of a sudden I have a mallet in my hand and I'm doing a cymbal swap. <laughs> it's really freaky. It's like I, you're bo- you absorb it in a way.
1: I remember when I first came to observe, you, were, you told me when to take a pee break. Like, this is when you go. And then I learned that's also when scar is coming down, like quickly coming down to the basement. So you got to uh, wait, you got to wait like a couple extra seconds. So you don't yeah. collide. Get a mask right to the face. <laughs> I did that yeah. once. I was like, whoa, okay. Next time I got to be, I got to wait five seconds yeah. before I. Take run. two deep
0: breaths and then you can go. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's, yeah. We could talk about that sometime. It's, it's, <clears> it's a pretty rare thing. There's not very many gigs that run that long. You know, even if you're on a cycle with a big artist, maybe it's two years at the max I can't and you're not that. playing. You're not playing every night you're playing maybe three four shows a week and travel and all that so it's that's the crazy part of it it's just so condensed it's eight shows a week every week
1: same right? room yeah same commute you're seeing the same people on the train like over and over. <laughs> yeah,
0: man. it's like same thank god it's like same bass player with tom it's like i'm so spoiled playing with him it's it's incredible yeah right he's gonna play on my new record that i'm gonna try to do this summer dope
1: new record yeah. this summer and then what else should we promote? Your website's still rolling?
0: Yeah, com. I'm not teaching privately this year. So that's kind of the only way to, I guess, quote, study with me. I am doing two clinics in my town in Ridgefield, Connecticut. They're almost, they may be sold out um, March 11th and March 25th. The 11th is beginner intermediate, which I've never done a beginner class. Mm. And then the 25th is intermediate advanced. Sweet. So, how do you
1: find out about that Eventbrite or something?
0: Uh, you could just go to the Richfield Playhouse's website. There's a big ad that's got like a silly picture of me on there. What's cool is Mavis Staples is playing the night after my clinic, which is kind of cool. Nice. <laughs> so it's like a big picture of me and then Mavis Staples. I'm like, oh that's <laughs> dope. That's awesome. But We're gonna try to get
1: you fun. in the Pittsburgh sometime in the next year or two.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we'll were talking follow. about that. I, I could still maybe figure that out this year at some point. But like, I, just the private one-on-one teaching thing, I'm just taking a break just to kind of like re-up re, re up on my own personal plane. Like mm. when, when you're teaching so much and like trying to explain stuff to people, it's like it starts to take away from where you're trying to go, you know? Um, True that. So I, I just wanted to stop and kind of pursue my own stuff in my head. So we've got some new exercises I should send you there. <laughs> Nice. It's hard. I could I definitely do another book, but
1: it's fun. I can only do about half of the first one, so oh, just, we can wait a bit.
0: He <laughs> can, can play the whole thing. I've had so many people say, oh, man, I got your book. It was great. I finished it in the first week. And I'm like, "No, uh-huh. You didn't. You did not okay. <laughs> You're a big, fat liar. <laughs> I called that one guy and I was like, cool, send me the, said, I'd love to see you play this page. And he sends it to me and he's like, well. It's not. It was like the excuses before he even started playing were just like flying out of his mouth. I'm like, dude, just just say you're working on it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just, I'm still working on it. Like, give me a break. I mean, I transcribed the crap and my body can't do it. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, and thank you for doing that. There was no way that book would have not happened if you didn't say yes to that. So I appreciate well, you doing that.
1: I'm here for round two. Whenever you need it.
0: Yeah, they they yeah. were like, "When's the second one?" I'm like, "Not for a long time." <laughs> I, mm. like, I don't I don't want to fill up a whole other book. There's so many great books out there too. It's like, that's why I said no to the first one so many times. Mm. I just was like, I don't know. I'm still working on New Breed. Like, right? Yeah, I don't know. And finally, a few people, you yourself, were like, yeah, you should do it." I don't think I've never seen this written out like in this way. No, it's totally so, unique. People really dug it. I mean, shit. Modern Drummer it won best book of the year that year. That's right. Which is kind of crazy. But um, well, I appreciate
1: you nerding out about snare drums. Hopefully, everyone learned something or not, and learned maybe their biases or not. Who knows? But I was fooled, and I made the freaking demos. So
0: yeah, I've just, yeah. What I've learned on all of these things, same with like symbols and stuff. Yeah, you just don't. It's very, very hard to pick it out, especially if they're all maple. They're all the same size. That's, re- I mean, even if I got two of these correct, I would have been like, oh, that's pretty good.
2: Mm-hmm. It's really
0: hard. I mean, the drum head to me makes bigger difference than what the material is in the drum, I think. Like, mm-hmm. First and foremost, it's how you're hitting the drum. That's it. Like, you're creating that sound. Like, I'm going to see Mike Clark tonight. He could be playing on anything, and he's going to sound just like Mike Clark. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You know, then it's to me, drum head, then I would say it's the size of the drum. And then I would say what the wood is Mm -hmm. and hoops make a big difference. Diecast hoops make a big difference.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, this, this stuff doesn't translate to microphones. They definitely all felt very different. So the experience of playing them was very different. And I could see myself kind of taking a different attitude with each one.
0: Yeah. That's, and that's a big thing that you can't get unless you're actually playing the feel of it. Some drums I love the way they feel because they're like kind of soft and just feel comfortable, but maybe they're not the best sounding drum, but you're gonna probably play better on that drum than you would on a quote unquote perfect sounding drum that doesn't feel great.
1: Yeah. You know, I should next time I do one of these I should like instead of playing the exact same thing on everyone, play what the drum makes me wanna play. And then what uh, do you get out of that? yeah yeah, that'd be cool because that magnum shell wanted me to just hit hard and simple and straightforward right but the the um the wood hoop was just a chunkier thing and maybe want to sound like steve jordan it just had that persona but yeah. it didn't translate to the recording which is quite interesting
0: <laughs> yeah it's weird i mean i would be interested in even doing like take like an acrylite different size like take like whatever a five acrylite take like an eight inch maple take like a piccolo 13 and be like what is this yeah, i mean it, it's so hard you know
1: especially well, like with maple i'll bring it back on when we do the super nerdy stuff with hoops
0: oh my god <laughs> I, dude i love the hoop thing i still have the hoops i got from you guys on this prototype drum
1: the brass ones yeah yeah it makes a big difference brass hoops they're expensive but it makes a big difference
0: yeah, but if you have, like, a couple of drums that you're your, like, go-to drums, like, that's the snare I take out to most of my clinics and most stuff when I'm playing out because it's just beautiful drum to play, and those hoops just feel great. Mm-hmm. They're dope.
1: All right. Um, well, stay tuned. We'll do a part two sometime.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, it was good to chat, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And that is
1: it for this week's episode. A reminder that we do have this Mark Juliana Masterclass coming up here in Pittsburgh in April. We haven't promoted it yet, so if you're hearing this on the podcast, you're the first to know about it. We're limited to 30 seats. The ticket price is 99 bucks, but it's two hours up close with Mark. You can you know, get to ask him all the questions you want. Uh, it's gonna be a really fun time. It's over at Hawthorne Drum Shop. So check the link in the the you know description. You can book your spot now. It's gonna be it's on April 29th, 4 to 6 p.m. That's gonna be a lot of fun. So thanks for listening. If you don't mind writing review on wherever you get this podcast, that would be much, much appreciated. And we'll see you next week.